Three wins versus the Hawks and one to go, but each of those wins vastly different. What does that versatility say about Miami's quest for a title? Will small ball lineups be a sustainable weapon for the Heat? We'll answer that and more and look ahead to Game 5 on today's playoff edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. I'm David Emil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. We've got a great show for you today, sandwiched in between games. Of course, there was that big game for on Sunday. If you haven't checked out our recap of that game, make sure to go and do so. And of course, always make sure to subscribe to our channel to get the best coverage possible. We're waiting for the outcome, of course, of uh, Tuesday's, excuse me, Game 5. That should be an opportunity for Miami to close out the series. Wes, you'll be there at the mm-hmm. FTX Arena covering the game, so hopefully we'll have a recap immediately after that game to preview Miami advancing to potentially take on the Philadelphia 76ers, who will have an opportunity of their own to close out the Toronto Raptors on Monday night. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Some news and notes before Tuesday's Game 5. Kyle Lowry ruled out due to a hamstring injury. We talked Mm -hmm. about that following game four. It looked like whether he was going to be available or healthy or not, it better suited him better just to shut him down for the rest of the series. It looks like Miami has a pretty good control of this situation with Atlanta. No need to put him out there, force him out there to potentially aggravate an injury. This is the long game for Miami. They're looking ahead to not just Philadelphia, but to a title quest and to do so, you need Kyle at full strength, so no need to put him out there further aggravate that injury, like I said. Also, on the Atlanta side of things, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Clint Capella, who just came back from injury himself, both are questionable for Tuesday's Game 5. We'll see whether either of them play. Wes, you brought up that uh, Bogdanovich looked like he was limping at some point late in the game. He's been their go-to scorer in late-game situations, much more effective than anybody else on that Hawks roster So if he's not available for the Hawks, that would certainly be a big blow to an offense that has already been stifled by Miami's great defense. But that is the subject of this first segment right here because the small ball lineup has been incendiary, incendiary for Miami. That's an almost famous reference if you got it. In any case, it's been really, really good. Uh, P.J. Tucker at the five has been a difference maker for the Heat, and you've got some statistics that show exactly how dominant that that small ball lineup has been. Yeah, so the PJ at the five lineup um, <laughs> in 40 possessions during this Hawks series is a plus 54.4 points per 100 possessions, which is bonkers. Um, it has an offensive rating of a 137.5 points per 100 possessions in those 40 possessions. It has a defensive rating of 82.1 points per 100 possessions. So needless to say, Tucker at the five is pretty much the lineup that has won this series for the Heat, right? And we're going to get into some of Bam's offensive struggles later on in the show and stuff like that. And it really isn't anything to take away from Bam, but it's just the spacing that P.J. provides at that five spot. Um, in addition to all the wing defenders that Miami has, including Victor Oladipo, who made his you know series debut on Sunday, uh, and then just giving Jimmy Butler all of that space. And 
like we talked about yesterday and Jimmy Butler has been the best player, not just in the series, but in the playoffs and giving him all that space to work uh, is keeping him in a flow and it's making him that much more effective. It's, it's been an awesome lineup. And I want to discuss whether or not it's something that the Heat should keep doing even after this series. It obviously works because of this Hawks matchup. There's some, whatever we could, we could get into the specifics of it, but it is killing Atlanta. I think we've seen enough of it where I would like to see more of it going forward in the playoffs, depending on the matchup. Um, and so before we get to all... Like, yeah, is it ahead. kind of like zone defense, though? Like, is it, it's just like, it's kind of like something that you can bust out on occasion. It's not It's not sustainable in terms of being uh, the boilerplate for your defense. Obviously, you don't want to take Bam out of the situation, right. but in situations where Bam is limited or he's in foul trouble for some reason, then you break out P.J as the five and all of a sudden you provide just a different look. I mean, is that kind yeah. of where you're leaning towards? Well, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's tell it, it's harder with the zone. Cause in the zone, you can just kind of, you know, throw out a play call from the sideline and it doesn't matter the personnel because everybody's trained on it. And you could just enter right. zone where PJ at the five, you actually have to make substitutions and kind of oh, yeah. junk up your rotation pattern. So it's not something that you can just use kind of like impromptu that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's, it's telling that the, the two games where we really saw PJ at the five, were the two games where Bam got into early foul trouble. And that's really the only reason Spolstra went to it. Mm-hmm. What I'm, I, I think that there's a case to be made, and it kind of ties into the Oladipo stuff, that maybe Deadman shouldn't be relied on as much. And instead of playing Deadman 15 minutes a game, maybe it's five minutes a game, six minutes a game. And you're playing another eight to ten minutes with P.J. Tucker at the five, and he's maybe more of your go-to first center off the bench kind of thing, even though he starts. But um, maybe like your first backup center. So you take Bam out. You would have to rejigger the rotations a little bit, but you could yeah. take Bam out and then get to PJ. It doesn't have to even be right away. It would just be maybe to close each half or something. I know you ideally want Bam to be on the floor here, but and, and we could zoom out even further. This is kind of the reason why everybody keeps saying Bam needs to get a three-point shot. It's because yeah. PJ could space the floor and how much room it creates for Jimmy. Bam doesn't do that, right? And we could talk all day long, and Eric Spolster could talk all day long about how the three-point shot is overrated in terms of right. spacing in regards to Bam out of bio and all of this stuff, but it does matter. And we see it mattering right now. And those stats that I just pulled up, like, it matters. And so uh, until Bam develops that three-point shot, which is not going to happen magically in the playoffs here, um, I do think we should see a little bit more. And I said 40 possessions all, se- all, all series in four games. That's an average of 10 possessions a game, right? Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's 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 you look at what Golden State does with their death lineup, it's not the whole game. They don't start games that way. It doesn't make sense to do that and doesn't make sense to do it uh, to start PJ at the 5 for Miami obviously for a ton of different reasons. But if you could just get to it for a couple two or three minutes each half, that's all we need. That's all we're talking about here because you can if you can have a a a, a net rating like that over the course of a two or three minute span, that can swing a game, right? It did on in game four, certainly. I, yeah. I, and again, that was born out of necessity. I just, I, I don't, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, even as we're talking about it here, because I just don't know that Spo feels comfortable kind of undercutting Bam to a certain extent. Like, I, I think he's your, he's the go-to player as far as like your, what your defense does best. Like that's, that's the base yeah. package there. Having said that, like he's not going to take Bam out of the game if he's not in foul trouble. So I don't know that he's necessarily, and I don't know that he necessarily wants to diminish what Dwayne Dedman provides either. And so he's not going to just like bench him again. Well, he should. Of, 
I mean, he should. I mean, look, I mean, maybe again, maybe it's matchup dependent here. But if you're going up against Philadelphia in the next round and Joel Embiid is like maybe winning the Bam Adebayo matchup, it could be useful to just throw PJ there at the five and be like, you know what? We're not winning with our big man versus their big man. So let's just space them out completely and take Embiid away from the rim. And and that frees up Jimmy Butler so, and Kyle so Lowry. Paul here Lee down. for Philadelphia? Yeah, you right. know, as much as sex Sixers fans love Paul Reed, I'm not exactly scared of him. So I, 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 that's more of what I'm saying. It does. You can let Bam Adebayo keep his minutes. Maybe, maybe you're not taking him off the floor to end each half. To your point, you don't want to diminish his role. He wants to be on the floor, and, and he should be. This, I'm not saying that the Heat are better with PJ at the five than Bam Adebayo. Let, let's be clear. They are. They are better when Bam Adebayo plays. That is 100% certain. But um, I do think that maybe lowering. Deadman's minutes and just finding pockets in the game to play PJ at the five, where it is a little bit of just like a utility thing that you use here and there would be worthwhile for the heat just to explore. And maybe it's matchup dependent. Maybe it's just super effective against the Hawks and it might not be as effective against the Sixers, but uh, I, I think they should at least look at it is all I'm saying. Uh, Can we discuss names or you have another point on that? No, I just want to say like, I mean, can't you, in theory, do the same thing with Bam? Like, position him outside the circle? Like, I mean, he doesn't They don't have respect to be- him that way. They don't cu- They don't guard him out there. They guard P.J. out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, that's that's a good point. Uh, Bam position behind the, the, the arc wouldn't necessarily draw another defender out there. And it takes Bam away from what he does well, right? Like, you really do want him getting into that floater area in the paint where he could get to that his spots and, and where you can yeah. facilitate from the low post and do all those things. Like, he is... He does so many things that PJ doesn't really do, and that's good for Bam. I just, I would love for Bam to do these things. This is why he needs to develop that three point shot, and why it's not a dumb talking point. Even though Spolster yelled at me earlier in the season when I brought it up, but you sure um, did. You, you've never <laughs> gone over that. You're scarred. You got the PTSD, folded. bad buddy. I got yeah. spolded. Not as bad as Ira yesterday, but I got spolded. Um, well, I, <laughs> I did see that eventually. Uh, that yeah. was very interesting. A little exchange there. We got some nickname. Um, uh, options from our listeners on our on our YouTube page under the comments from the uh, the recap. Are you ready best. for them? Absolutely. Okay. So I I named it the PJ Five lineup not because I thought it was a good nickname, but that's just what I write in my notes for shorthand. Um, I said that on the show. I said, and you said, hey, send in your requests, uh, your ideas for the PJ Five lineup. Right. So we've got a yep. few of them. Anti death right. lineup. Okay. And the guy even explained. Um, I don't. I'm, I didn't write down the names of the people that. Uh, submitted these but uh, whoever was explained this would be like if the Heat met the Warriors in the finals the anti-death lineup with PJ at the five with Victor Oladipo on the court is they have enough defenders where they're that's the group that could beat Golden State's new death lineup with Jordan Poole and Steph and Clay Thompson and all that stuff or not maybe beat but obviously counter like Look at what Denver has yeah, done against is. the death lineup. It hasn't been good. That's because Denver doesn't have anybody that guards on the perimeter even kind of like a little bit. And right. this is a bunch of guys who do guard on the perimeter a whole lot of a bit. So uh, I li- I kind of like the anti-death lineup, but that's kind of a series-specific one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, death lineup, usually reserved for the Warriors. I, I think it's something that... Uh, you wouldn't call it like the anti-death lineup against the Hawks or the Sixers. Like that wouldn't make any sense. That's right. Right. That's right. So, Capella is not right. Draymond Green out there. <laughs> that's for sure small and different small and different is that like tongue-in-cheek am i missing a reference here? I, I i i thought i was i thought you would know i didn't know um so i don't maybe we're missing a reference i'm sorry if we're missing it 
uh, guy who left this submission tell us what, where we're wrong here. Um, yeah. There's a good one here. I'm going to skip it. I'm going to save it for last. Okay. Uh, here's here's the another one. The Bulwark lineup. Okay. Okay. So I kind of mucking it up what the other team does, I guess. The yeah. Clamp Squad. I kind of like the Clamp Squad. Clamp Squad's not my favorite got, here. It's my second favorite. It's got favorite. legs. It's got legs. I could see that one taking off. The Clamp, clamp Squad. Squad. Yeah. All Gabe's right. got to be a part of that, I think. Yeah. He's, he's done his work against he's Trey, the, that's for sure. He's been the clamper on Trey. All right. Here's my favorite. The Doghouse. The Doghouse. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's the quote going around there. They're, they're the kennel, right? The doghouse. Keep calling themselves the kennel. I like this. The doghouse. Uh, the wolf pack. I mean, we could keep going with this analogy, right? Like, that's a good like idea. a doghouse doesn't really tell me lineup. Like wolf pack, that's like a five person group. Or like, I don't know. Well, the the doghouse, like, I mean, to to use the description, right? Like, if you're in the doghouse, that's you're you're in trouble, right? Uh, right. The other team's in trouble. Situation. The other team's not exactly. You send that doghouse out there; it's going to put the other I like team. The dog in trouble. House. I mean, it works. All right, house has five letters. <laughs> All right, now we're, now we're reaching with the numbers there. But I saw a reference too to uh, the Thanos snap. Yeah, did you see that one on YouTube? So yeah. okay, I and you know what? I not only saw it on YouTube. I like there's somebody in my Twitter feed sending me like a Thanos picture with a Victor Oladipo on one of his fingers or rings or something. Like his yes. face on it, and I'm. That's Henry. I, That's Henry. That's a he Twitter legend right now. He's uh, uh, he, he gets us everybody excited after big games. I think. Okay, so I don't, I don't, and I saw the movies. I'm, so, I just don't get it. I'm, so, I don't wow. understand it. Like he, wow. so what am I supposed to believe? Like this is the Thanos lineup where he snaps his fingers and then everybody's vaporized. Is that the idea? You got it. I think that's oh, okay. exactly the description. So I do get it. Yeah. yeah, you did. <laughs> Yeah, you're not missing anything. I mean, listen, right. it's not rocket science. It's comic books. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it feels some like rocket science sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I told you the yeah. story how I skipped like a bunch of movies by accident and I had no idea what was going on. That's right. You did mention that. that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at from a Marvel standpoint. But um, yeah. so what would we call rep- that? The finger mention- snap lineup? Like the Thanos lineup? What's that called? The ring of the rings of terror? Like, what is it? What's his what's it called? Wow, I don't even I don't even know where to begin here. Like, uh, no, they're not the Rings of Terror. The the uh, Infinity Gems on <laughs> the Infinity Gauntlet. On the Infinity Gauntlet, that's the comic book reference there. So the gauntlet, uh, can we call it the lineup? The Gauntlet lineup? Yeah, something um, like that. The Death Gauntlet or something like that. Death I don't know. That's good. Yeah, that's a, that's a little it's a little dark. I mean, I, I like the, the 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 incorporation of something comic book related, but no, I don't. You didn't even mention the fact that I mentioned Super Saiyan or whatever the hell that is. Super Saiyan. Thank well, you very much. Okay, so uh, that just goes to show you. Sorry. Dragon Ball Q. What is it? I don't even know. Z and you knew that. Um, <laughs> only because you mentioned it. Wait, no, time. I like I like the th- no, but the Thanos thing is good. Uh, so what would you call it? The Death Gauntlet? Like this is this this is your territory. I mean, we're going to right now. The doghouse is the leader in the clubhouse. Um, what? But give me a give me a Thanos inspired one. No, that's it. The Death Gauntlet would be it. But uh, is that what it's called? The Death Gauntlet? No, it's it's called the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, so that's what we would call it then, the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, I mean, but I just don't see exactly how Infinity applies to such a defensive-minded group. Okay, so the Gauntlet, well, we don't want to steal death from the Warriors' death lineup, because that's too, that's like copyright or whatever. Um, We want to stay clean here on Lockdown Heat, so legally speaking. So maybe like the Gauntlet lineup? Would people understand that if we just threw that out there as like something Thanos-inspired, or that's not good enough? Okay. So the, the Gauntlet... No, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Stones. What's in it? Is that right? 
Infinity. Gems? Yeah, the Infinity Stones, Infinity Gems. Yes. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Call it the Miami Gauntlet. That's what it is. The defense is Thanos lever and erases players in a snap. Call it the Miami Gauntlet. This is by Locks the Ripper on YouTube. Gotta All right. So we've got the Miami Gauntlet. Miami Gauntlet and the Doghouse. I have still, to say, what about despite the, the Thanos, What if we just called it the Thanos lineup? Oh, I, I just the Thanos lineup. I don't know. That's like I, again, I, I dig all this. I just don't know that if people would get the reference at this point. The Doghouse is more Miami. What? Even it's, I saw this movie, David. Everybody like isn't these movies like grossing like a billion dollars a year? Everybody understands this reference. If I saw this movie, everybody saw this movie. I cannot I think tell you how big of a deal more, it was that I saw this movie. I think the doghouse is more Miami culture. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I would see, I could yeah. see Bam wearing a doghouse T-shirt. Yeah, you're right. Bam's not going to care about being the the in the Thanos lineup. Bam's going to care about being in the doghouse lineup. Right. Uh, Bam's not any part of the doghouse lineup. That's the thing. That's the like, irony. Yeah. That's yeah. The irony. Uh, all right. So the doghouse. All right. Let us know in the comments if you like the lineups. We're ta- we're always open to more. Our recommendations. I can tell you what these lineup names are better than whatever new death lineup names the Warriors thing is coming up with the like the pool party stuff. Um, pool party, have yeah. you seen this? Like uh, the PTSD lineup. Uh, they're calling it the Five Gs. Um, all these different I, names, and I'm like, you know what? No, you guys already had that. Like, just be the new death line, death lineup V three or whatever it is. Like, you have an awesome name already. Don't take it for granted. We need, but I like Doghouse. Doghouse is good so far. I like it too. I like it too. All right, well, we'll move on. We'll talk a little bit about Miami's versatility and how it applies throughout the rest of the playoffs before looking ahead to Tuesday's Game 5. But before we do that, just want to tell you about a new sponsor of our show. Well, it's not really a new sponsor, but it's a longtime sponsor. Today's episode brought to you by Price Picks. Daily Fantasy made easy, and easy is really what they're all about. As fantasy props and pickums get more popular, Price Picks is making it easy for you to play. Wes, I know that you're a big fan. That you, you, You've got that gambling <laughs> thing down pat. I know you've got uh, prize picks. You've used it as, as well as anybody, and you've made a ton of money on that because you know the numbers. You know how That's easy right. it is. They've got the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. Prize picks offers any prop that you can think of from point scores, score to rebounds to even steals. You check out the prize picks power play. Here's how it works. You predict the over-under on a player's fantasy production, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected fantasy totals. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. You get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores just a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry gets even a single point. Do it all using the award-winning app on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Plus, PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. I'll be on Locked On NBA tonight and potentially, uh, well, every every Monday night and following you know, Tuesday morning covering the playoffs. And uh, by this point, we'll find out 
whether or not the Sixers have moved on. But you know, that's a that's a topic of conversation for another time. Right now, we're looking ahead to Miami's Game Five, uh, mm-hmm. and one one of the things that stood out to me following Game Four is that Miami and Miami's three wins. They just have found a unique recipe in each one. And I'm wondering, on the positive side of this, look, in game one, you know, they had the Duncan Robinson explosion for 27 points. They got this versatility. They punched Atlanta, blew them out. Atlanta had no idea what to do with it. And again, the excuse was Atlanta was tired. Miami was well-rested. They were practiced. They had gone through every possible scenario in anticipation of that game one matchup. You had Kyle Lowry out there, et cetera. And game two was a very different recipe. You had the same amount of rest in between both games. You had Jimmy Butler go out there for 45 points. Monstrous night, of course. Everybody else kind of take a step back, although Gabe Vincent stepped up and had his moments. You know, you know, a couple guys stepping in in their role. Game three, of course, was the unfortunate loss. Game four, now you have Jimmy kind of go supernova to some extent, but you also have the defensive clamps, the doghouse in effect. I think that's where you really start to kind of put your imprint defensively on this series. Now, looking ahead to game five and through the rest of the, the, the series, I mean, the rest of the playoffs, excuse me, like, I just, Miami's roster is built with this kind of interchangeable part system, right? You have one guy step up, whether it's Jimmy in terms of scoring, whether it's complimentary scoring from Duncan or Gabe or Bam or anybody else. Defensively, you have all these different players that can step up. The fact that you were even talking about taking out Bam at a bio, an all-NBA defender and a defensive player of the year candidate out of the lineup and place for a five-man lineup that might be even more effective defensively speaks volumes. And you just kind of look at this team and the way it's assembled and all this versatility, and you wonder, like, is it – I mean, is is can it be a negative? Is there a downside to Miami having all this versatility attached to it and the fact that they've had to win every game differently? Or am I – I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just being too much of a homer here, but to me, it just it just seems like this is such a, an additional weapon for Miami right. that they can go in there and find ways to win in different ways. Um, no, it's a positive, and I think the the conversation around the Heat uh, and as it relates to their ability to win the championship this year has focused maybe a little bit too much on what they can't do and what they don't have. Namely, uh, an A-list MVP level type of star. They don't have that player. Mm. Jimmy Butler is playing at that level, right. but they don't. They don't have that player. That's that's the national narrative around the Heat, right? Is that they don't have that player. Um, I'm not here to debate whether or not that's true, but uh, it is not focused enough on what they do have, and more importantly, on what they have that other teams don't have. Look at what the Brooklyn Nets are doing right now. Losing 0-3 to the Boston Celtics in that series. It looks like they are going to get uh, eliminated in the first round, which is going to be a huge disappointment considering where the Nets' expectations were going into the season. Myriad excuses don't matter. It's a disappointing season for Brooklyn. Steve Nash has got no options. I mean, he's like, all right, what small guard am I going to put out there with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? Is it going to be Patty Mills? Is it going to be Goran Dragic? Is it going to be Seth Curry? Like, which one is it going to be? And, right. and they don't really have, like, different kinds of options. You use the word versatility. They don't have versatility. They just have a whole lot of the same thing. And they're like, all right, which small guard today has a hot hand? Like, that's it. Their most versatile player is Bruce Brown. He's six foot four. okay? So I, what, what the Heat do have, like, Brooklyn, they got the A-list talent, right? A lot of people yeah. think that they have two A-listers in Kyrie and KD, even though I would push against the Kyrie thing. But a lot of people think that. Um, Miami, a lot of people don't think they have that A-lister. But they have so much depth of versatility 
yeah. that they don't run into those problems, right? A lot of teams without that depth of versatility that the Heat have would have lost last night, right? Once Bam gets into early foul trouble and all this stuff is happening and they can't really find ways uh, to, 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 you know, get the defense going and all this stuff, like they don't have a Victor Oladipo to just pull off the bench and just be like, you go in and do stuff now. Um, and, and the Heat do, right? If a team is picking on Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero a little too much defensively, then they can yep. go to Victor Oladipo. And then within an instant, within a Thanos snap of things, oh, they can they could vaporize that weakness. It'd be like, hey, you wanted to you wanted to just push our Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero weakness over and over and over again? Well, guess what? Now we don't have that. Now we've got five guys out there. Um, between, you could put I mean, I think the doghouse lineup really should be if we're gonna because I'm uncomfortable with Bam not being part of the doghouse. I thought about it during the commercial break. It shouldn't be that shouldn't be the name for the not bam lineup. Um, it should be the doghouse lineup is Bam, PJ, Butler, Oladipo, Lowry, or Gabe if Lowry's not uh, available. Um, that's the doghouse lineup. And that's a lineup with zero weaknesses defensively. Zero. Can literally switch everything. Can, can ISO everything. Can play mm-hmm. everything whichever way you want. Can zone up. Can do anything you want that lineup to do. Um, and so I, I don't – I'm with you. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Heat are, are cruising to a championship. It just means that this is something that they have that I don't know another team in the Eastern Conference or in the, in, in the NBA, in the playoffs. Maybe right. outside of Phoenix, if Chris Paul is healthy. Well, And even Phoenix know, probably glad, doesn't have this level of it, right? I don't know. That I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing that up level. Phoenix, even in context you know, of, of this. It, they're, they're floundering without Devin Booker. Like they're tied two two to a New Orleans team that's yeah. got a lot of juice right now, a lot of energy. But let's be honest, that New Orleans team isn't particularly good. Like I, that they play better after the CJ McCollum trade and everything else. They got Herb Jones and his All NBA de- defense. Great, great, great. The, the only reason they're in this series is because Devin Booker isn't playing there. Yeah, Miami is probably the best team to handle the loss of a superstar player like Jimmy Butler and still mm. be able to find a way. I mean, the Heat would the Heat could lose the series if they didn't have maybe not the Hawks series, but uh they could be deal- like if they lose Jimmy Butler then forget it, right? I mean, that's we you we your- say that like we haven't seen Tyler step up. Like we haven't seen potentially Victor Oladipo step up if he got the starting nod. I mean, if let's say the injury was to Jimmy and not Kyle Lowry, who would start in place of Jimmy? Would it be be Victor? Would it be Tyler? It might might be Vic at this point. Um, I still think you would continue to bring Tyler off the bench. It would probably be Vic or Caleb. Um, I mean, during the regular season, it was Caleb every time Jimmy Butler didn't play. But, like, the Heat aren't going anywhere without Jimmy Butler, just like Phoenix isn't going anywhere without Devin Butler. We could could discuss, all right, how many games would they get taken off of in a series and all this, whatever. But, like, they're not going anywhere without their top two guys. That's fair. But at the same time, I just I like Miami's chances of being able to accept the the, the kind of hardships that will befall any team on their quest for a playoffs. You but not even hardships. Have- like it's we're not like we could discuss hardships like losing Lowry and Devin Booker or Jimmy Butler hypothetically or whatever, but like it's not even necessarily like hardships. It's just like, hey, where is the series going? And right. like Brooklyn didn't have any hardships. Right. No, you're they right. just stink. You know, the, in-game, just, the in-series adjustments that are necessary for you to win and to continue yeah. to move on, Miami has more options at their disposal than any other team. And yeah. that's the strength of this roster. And you bring up a great point that despite the fact that everybody's pointing out they don't have that superstar, what they've got is great players, 
that are like let's, let's say they don't have an A list player, they've got B through Z, you know, and that's the how kind many of players on this roster would you say you would trust with playoff minutes of the fifteen guys on this roster? I think we've seen that, like 10, right, at least? I would say about 10, right? I mean, you're, you're starting five plus Tyler. We've seen right. Deadman. We've seen Caleb, uh, Gabe. That's, uh, was it, nine that I just said? Plus Vic yeah. is 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm right there. I'm at, I'm at 10. I mean, at this point, Oh, and really, Duncan, and Duncan, so like 11. Yeah. I mean, I, I would feel comfortable with Markeith, too. Like, he had oh, played I mean, yeah. well. Markeith, 12. Yeah, Markeith, is, uh, he's got playoff experience. Markeith, we haven't seen him all yeah. series. Um, right. I, I mean, I'm not, not at the option. point where I'd want Udonis Haslam in there. Um, uh, probably not, you know, Omer Yurtsevin, not, probably not him. Um, apologies to whoever else I'm forgetting, but it, it's those, yeah, would, I think 11 or 12. Right. 11 or 12. 11 or 12. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's, a, that's an incredible. The, no, no player, no, no team in the league can even get close to that. I mean, even Phoenix, when you're really thinking about them. They've got Cam Johnson, who's awesome off the bench. Yeah. Cameron Payne, finals experience. You trust him. He's not he's not like an incredible player, but you trust him to play some minutes. Uh obviously JaVale McGee's been great for them. Sure. Um so they're they're at eight, right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, about it. I mean, look, look, I get the the idea. And I probably said early in the season at some point. Nine. Like, you know, I understand the need to tighten a rotation to have to lean into what your best players can do, but in Miami's case, it, it, it behooves them to be able to go outside of that thought process, you know? Yeah. To be able to say, today I can bring in this player, expand that rotation a little bit. I mean, Victor Oladipo came in there after having not played a single second in the previous three games mm-hmm. and inspired his team to reach a, a heightened level of defensive awareness and, and tenacity that they just hadn't been able to achieve. And, and that, I mean, I think it speaks incredible volumes to me about how good this team is. And I, I look how good Oladipo is as a player. Like that, that he, despite his offense being very wonky and shaky still out there, like he was a great active rebound. He made passes to everybody. He's a guy who could drive to the hoop, creating offense for others. Like I mean, he was a presence out on the floor despite not having out there. And that's why you bring that guy in there. And that's why Miami has as good a chance of any of moving on in the NBA playoffs. But we'll wrap it up because I know we could probably talk about this for another half an hour, but eventually somebody's going to want to probably watch something else on YouTube other than us or listen to a different podcast. But we'll talk about a little bit about Game 5 and we'll preview the series and uh, hopefully Miami will be able to close it out. But before we do that, just wanted to tell you a little bit about Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. I have not been able to catch the Marlins game yet, but I'm excited to do so. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information. From live betting to playoffs, esports, and more, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. As a reminder, you can always reach us via email at Locked On Heat. Send in those suggestions for different names, different things that you want us to talk about. If you want to send in questions that we'll answer for an upcoming mailbag episode, make sure to do so. Again, there's a peanut butter and jelly thing sitting there for the PJ five lineup. Just throwing ideas out. Just just little little food for thought. Just some inspiration, some inspo. PJ, PJ. Well, you got PJ. You've got Bam. You've got Jimmy. So well, Bam can't be part. So Bam, Bam's the doghouse lineup. All right, PJ and J. Who's, who's the B then? Who's the B? That's the thing. 
You gotta, it's gotta be bam. Yeah, you're throwing this off here. I don't know. Like, Sorry. This whole, as this whole episode, like, we've got 32 minutes here. And I get obsessed about this stuff. Yeah, it's my it's fault. Okay. That's all right. We should have a, an off-season viewing of the Infinity Gauntlet just so everybody can see. Anyway, uh, we'll talk a little bit. Again, send us questions, comments. You can always reach us via Twitter. Use the hashtag AskLFEAT. And of all, as always, make sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Uh, game 5 Tuesday, you'll be there at the arena. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting with Capella and Bogdanovich potentially out? Trey Young, uh, the focus will be on him. I, I have to be honest with you. I was not... I'll own up to it. I was not confident heading into game four. I, I thought, you know, unfortunately that, you know, Miami was going to be outclassed. And in the first quarter, we saw Atlanta play with a lot more intensity, a lot more focus. And then, of course, the Oladipo shift takes mm. place. Uh, but looking ahead to game five, I don't think there's any chance for Atlanta to come back. I would be really surprised if we had another game on Thursday night, if we had a game six on Thursday night at this point. Um, we're at the point in this series where... Well, first of all, Bogdanovich and Capella can't play. They're listed as questionable in the injury report today. But um, like that, that Bogdanovich has been Atlanta's best fourth quarter scorer, and Capella gave them a nice boost uh, in the yep. first half there. Um, if they're not there, I just I don't see a way that Atlanta has a chance in this. Um, even if they are available, I I still like Miami's chances. They've just been that much better all series. Um, I think they close it out at home. I really don't think that they want to take another trip to Atlanta. I think this is yep. it. Um, and you know as far as potential adjustments and stuff, like we're past the point. This is game five. Like there are no more adjustments left in this series. The Hawks know exactly what the heat are going to do with injuries or no injuries. They're going to focus on Trey young. They're going to do their best to take him out of the game. They've done that for three of the four games. This series, they've just completely taken him out of the game. Uh, so they know what's going to happen there. Uh, the heat know exactly what they're going to do. Um, and that's it. Like the Hawks are going to try to space the floor. They're going to try to get lucky with some threes and try to and try to wipe Miami off the floor that way, like they kind of did uh, with game in Game Three. But that's it. We're we're past the point of adjustments. This is it's now just time. It, whichever team executes better will win the game, and that's it. Yeah, uh, I mean they got lucky in the first half there with DeAndre Hunter. He had a very good first quarter in particular. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't think there's anything else he can do. Like Capella went in there, and I talked about this in their Game Four recap. Like he provided, a, helped Trey Young get a little bit more spacing to get that shot off early in the first quarter. It looked like that might be working between Hunter collapsing the defense to some extent or stretching it out a little bit because he was hitting from the perimeter. Uh, it folks, you know, it forced Miami's defense a little bit uh, to, to shift a little bit to, to get mm-hmm. off what their game plan was. And then Capella was out there again. That was a little bit of a shift. I just now Miami can prepare for it. They know what to expect. Like, there's nothing else that they that, that Atlanta has, no ace up their sleeve, no nothing yeah. else that they could break out there that would shift. To, to tie in what we were talking about before, this is the strength of what Miami can do. It's like, is it going to be Victor Lodipo tomorrow? Is it going to be Caleb Martin? Is it going to be Duncan Robinson, who already scored 27 points? Like, has any player in his Hawks team scored 27 points throughout the series? Because I, I can't recall that it have. I mean, maybe Bogdanovich or Young came close at one point, but this is a backup in, 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 in Duncan who's had a big game and has to be respected as a legitimate threat. And, of course, you've got Jimmy Butler, the best player in the series, if not the best player in the playoffs. All these different things that Miami can do, Atlanta has no answers in Game 5. There's nothing else to do. And, I, look, I like Nick, Nate McMillan. I know some people are already calling for his firing, that he's shown a lack of uh, inspiration. But, you know, this is just the roster they assembled. There's not much he can possibly do. Uh, they just haven't had it all year, and I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to find it 
in this playoff matchup. So I'm with you. I think they close it out in game five, and I think we can start looking ahead to a potential matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep, I'm with you. I would be shocked if it wasn't Heat Sixers pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. And of course, we'll have some great guests from the Philadelphia side of things if and when Miami does advance or let's say when they advance. But thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. This is David Romil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.